Above all, my brothers and sisters, do not swear, not by heaven or by earth or by anything else. All you need to say is a simple yes or no. Otherwise, you will be condemned. Here we are at the the closing of James' letter. And this this first verse, we won't spend a lot of time here, but this is like when you feel the the landing gear come down on the plane when he says, above all. He's like, all right, we're coming in for a landing here, people. And there's this, this theme that shows up again about pure and simple speech. Jesus also expresses similar ideas here. When you start getting into these uh, these extra phrases that put weight to prove that you're being honest, that's a, that's a warning flag there that when you have to say, oh, on my grandma's grave or, or this or that, James is, is echoing the words of Jesus here saying, that's one of the downfalls of society when you can't trust yourself uh, and you can't trust the words of other people. So let your yes be yes and your no be no. Make sure that your life is matching up with the words that you say. And we don't want society to break down like that. And then he continues that theme of speech and how our words matter in this life and to people and that they matter to God. He continues on and, um, and he's continuing on specifically talking about prayer. And before we we jump into the meat of this passage, I wanted to just give you a couple images. Uh, and many things in life look odd to something uh, to somebody who doesn't know what's going on. And if you can, just imagine that you don't know what music is, and you've never heard a musical instrument. Imagine watching someone create a piano or a guitar, but you have no concept of what they're doing, or or like in my family, when, when you're a little child, maybe two years old and three years old, and you see your mom's stomach growing a little bit, and you make some, some odd comments that aren't received too well, or you notice you don't have any idea like where, where babies come from or any of that, but you notice that, that your, your, your house is changing and there's a room that's being repainted and there's a, a crib in there and you kind of remember sleeping in a crib, but you don't know what's going on and it, and it seems like it's a waste of time and energy and it just seems silly. Uh, why, why is all this happening? Uh, but sometimes you just have to wait and see and it will all become clear. And earlier in this this letter that we've been looking at for weeks and weeks now, James uses the image of a farmer uh, and, and trusting that the sun will come out and, cause, and the rain will fall to cause these seeds to grow, trusting that the harvest will come. This is the setting of prayer. And to someone with, with no idea of God, prayer must look like a silly superstition at best. Or it might look like self-deception at worst. But prayer, uh, you can, you can, it, it's actually talking to the creator of the universe. Uh, and you can, you can think, like if you don't know what prayer is or what God is, you, you're just thinking like, oh, that person's like actually talking to themselves or talking to dead air? And it actually makes a difference? No way. 
And if, if you're here just checking, checking out church and investigating this, we are so glad you're here. And I want to submit to you that almost every human tradition spanning history and culture, they were all aware of another dimension that overlaps our own. They were aware of this divine presence and, and they would reach out for this divine presence. And uh, James is coming to us from the Jewish tradition. And in that tradition came a fresh, alive expression of God in Jesus Christ. And Jesus, Jesus' followers and his family sharpened this vague awareness of the divine. And it's and sharpened it to a point where it's not just something out there, but this God is a someone. And this God is not just a someone that's out there, but named God. And we know this God in the person of Jesus. And when we start to wrap our minds around that, prayer and patience make a lot more sense. So, In James chapter 5, verse 13, he continues, Is anyone among you in trouble? Let them pray. Is anyone happy? Let them sing songs of praise. So we transition from, okay, let your yes be yes to your no be no to no matter what you're going through, pray. Instead of these vows that you will make things better or a vow to take revenge on somebody, James is encouraging his readers to seek out the presence of God in prayer and to give thanks when things are good and to run to a generous father who gives wisdom without finding fault whenever we find ourselves in trouble. And if you're a formula person, that may seem too simple. I get that. I love formula people. I need you in my life. But that's a pretty simple formula here. Things are good. Pray and give thanks. When you need wisdom, pray and ask for wisdom. And God will give it to us. James is encouraging us to soak our lives in two-way conversation with God. That is possible. Sometimes prayer looks like asking a question and sitting in silence. In my tradition that I grew up in, I thought prayer was only me talking. And I would say, I don't know if I can pray because I don't know if I can talk that long. And I picture Jesus going, no, 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 no. I can talk to you as well. Sometimes now, some of my, my most enjoyable times in prayer are just walking and listening uh, with my ears, but also listening with my heart. What, what is God trying to teach me? Uh, that's the question that I ask. What, what is the circumstance I'm going through trying to teach me? Or I'll, I'll search in the scripture. The book of Psalms is filled with prayers. That could be like a prayer book for us. Uh, James is saying, like, uh, like, run to God and bathe everything in prayer. Nothing is too little and nothing is too big for God. So he continues on. James 5.14. Is anyone among you sick? Let them call the elders of the church to pray over them and anoint them with oil in the name of the Lord. The sick in the early church were of great concern to the early Jesus followers. 
as as they are now. That's one of the things. Um, it's such an honor that that we get to be a part of, and and walking with people through life as praying for people when they get sick. And James is saying, "Hey, don't be bashful. Like if you're sick, call for the elders of the church." And he's he's talk, James is talking about elders as people who were spiritually mature, and they know God. Like, call them. And, and, and call them forth and, and pray for anyone who is sick. I love that our, our life groups have started back up. And just a couple of days ago, I remember sitting in, in a living room with my life group and having my life group leader pray for us as we shared our, our prayer requests. And there was this, this great comfort there and multiple things going on at the same time of hearing other people's problems but also having people listen to, to what I was going through and what I am going through and then taking those things to God, it's a powerful, powerful experience. We do, we do prayer like this online every single week. Pastor Ryan leads us in a prayer time uh, online, which is, I don't think James had that in mind when he was writing this, but I think if James was alive, in 2021, he would say, yes, yes, now there's even more opportunity to, to do this life together. And when you're in trouble, don't be bashful. Find people who know God and care about you and ask them to pray. And in our context, this anointing with oil might seem like, what? Because we don't, we don't do that a lot. But let's take a second here to think about that. Because this, this image of oil, especially in the ancient world, uh, it, it, it brings back for the original readers this images of shepherds and sheep. Uh, shepherds would pour oil into the sheep's ears to get all kinds of bugs and parasite type creatures out that would, that would really cause pain to the sheep. But oil was also used as medicine in the ancient world. And I love the fact that James is saying, Trust God with every, even everything, even sickness, even the little things in your life, but also use your common sense. They would pour oil on people and pray uh, for multiple reasons. There's medicine, but oil also in scripture represents the presence of God, the presence of the Holy Spirit, saying we are trusting God with every detail of our life and, and also using the common sense that God has given us. And he continues in verse 15, And the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well. The Lord will raise them up. If they have sinned, they will be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. In this chunk, this challenges us to pray in full confidence that God wants us to lift up our sick brothers and sisters in prayer. We don't have to be bashful about it. We don't have to approach God with some formula. Now, dear Jesus, I know that by what you have done on the cross, you have made us your sons and daughters, and now we can boldly approach the throne. It, it, it doesn't have to get too formulaic. Like We can pray uh, with fervence and passion, uh, knowing that, that we are God's sons and daughters, and we can boldly ask God 
Uh, and, and we boldly approach God knowing that God knows what's best, and that God knows the, the solution, and God's thinking super, supersedes our own. And we can, we can pray with the, the, the simple faith that God has all of this under control, even if we don't understand it, and even if the prayers that we're offering are imperfect, or, or God knows all that stuff. We pray knowing that there is a God out there who cares. We pray knowing that there is a God out there who not only cares, but can do something in our lives to make that situation turn out for good. We can be so confident in that. God will raise us up. God will encourage us. God will heal us. The important thing is not to focus on, you know, okay, do I have the prayer of faith? Am I a righteous person? The point is to put our faith in the right place, not in how our faith performs. It's not about our performance. James has mentioned that earlier several times. Our faith is in God. And whenever we're praying for the sick, whenever we're praying for somebody who's in trouble, we can be confident that God will be the God who we know God is. Like, okay, we're going to pray passionately for this and then we're going to trust God with the results. And I love how it's not just physical here. Like, there's, it's a holistic thing. He talks about the forgiveness of sins, confessing our sins one to another in the same context as, as praying for six people. Now, Jesus cautioned in John chapter 9, uh, he cautioned us not to look too closely for a sin connection with sickness and that sort of thing. But I don't think it's an accident when James commands these people, hey, when you're sick, call forth the elders of the church and anoint them with oil and pray and also confess your sins and pray for each other. I've been thinking about that connection. Now, when you're sick, <laughs> you're pretty vulnerable. <laughs> like it, it's an act of vulnerability to to ask for help when you're sick. I think illness is and pain is the great equalizer, and it's an opportunity. I think God uses it. Because when we're vulnerable, it's a key component for our emotional discipleship. Emotional discipleship, our emotional health, becoming dependent on God. And it takes, it takes a humble person to actually admit when we need help. But it's also a moment where, where God can speak to us and teach us other lessons. Because we're aware of our dependence on God. We can admit maybe when we're wrong. Imagine what our families would be like. Imagine what our churches would be like if people just said, I blew it, I'm sorry, will you please forgive me? Imagine what our nation would be like if it was filled with people who, who find love when people have seen them at their worst because they've said, I messed up, will you please forgive me? I want to try to do better and with God's help, I can be better. Imagine how our world would change if people were vulnerable enough to approach each other and to approach God like that. And there's, so there is a connection between when we're in pain, listening, cultivating, cultivating that relationship with Jesus, saying like, okay, 
I need help. God, please give me wisdom. Please give me perseverance. Please give me patience. What can I learn in this moment? Whew. That's when the brain changes, when we're vulnerable enough to say, what's going on? Teach me something, Jesus. Man. And in there, it talks about the prayer of a righteous person. I love that that our prayer is, uh, our plans basically uh, held up to God with open hands. God, what do you think about this? God, what, what, what wisdom do you have for me about this situation? Uh, our prayers are holding our, our loved ones, ourselves up to God saying, God, this is yours. This is yours. And the, a righteous person is the person who wants the same thing as God. And they stick to the faith that they're, they're, they're placing in God. They're sticking to God. I know that you have the answer for this. And James, James gives us an example of this kind of righteous person as he, he winds this passage up. In verse 17, he says, Elijah was a human being even as we are. He prayed earnestly that it would not rain and it did not rain on the land for three and a half years. Again he prayed, and the heavens gave rain, and the earth produced crops. It's easy to look at this and think, well, that's Elijah. He's like, he's like a super spiritual person. But don't miss the point. Like God used Elijah. He used Elijah in the context of Elijah's prayer. There was judgment on the people of Israel for their idolatry. They, they turned to something else other than the God of the universe for their hope. They turned to these, these human-made idols. And the rain came back when they abandoned their idols and turned their hearts back to God. God used Elijah uh, in that whole process. All of that happened in the context of Elijah's prayer. But think about who Elijah is if you know the story you go back and read his, the narratives that talk about him, like James says, he was a human just like you and me. Elijah had these, these moments in his life where he snatched defeat out of the jaws of victory. There was this massive showdown between the prophet Elijah, a person who was revealing God's heart to Israel and to the, the cultures around and and God showed up and showed that he was, he was far above the idol of Baal. And the, the fire literally came down from heaven. And Elijah saw it with his own eyes. And then just a few verses later, he's running away and running for his life because he was threatened by the queen. And he was, fell into a depression and despair the performance of his faith was spotty. Yeah, there were some really good things. Tremendous upside there. If he was, if he was an athlete or something, they'd say there's a lot of potential there, but uh, he's not always perfect. Elijah was a human, just like you and me. And the reason why James is able to use him as an example is because Elijah put his faith in the right place. It wasn't because he always got it right. That's a huge example for us to remember that in that story, Elijah isn't the hero. God is the hero. We're in God's big story, just like Elijah was. And all of us are called uh, not just to be spiritual, super spiritual people, 
Like that's not even a thing. We're called to be the sons and daughters of God and to trust our heavenly father and to not give up on that trust. And that's the challenge for us this week. Super simple, you probably see this coming. Pray. It's what James would want us to do. I think that's what God is calling us all to do this week. Pray. And you can fill in the blank. I, I actually, in my notepad this week, had five minutes, 15 minutes, 25 minutes. I had all these, you know, fill in the blank. Pray for blank minutes every day. Whatever is a stretch for you. Maybe five minutes a day is a stretch for you. Maybe 30 minutes a day is a stretch for you. But bring to God your concerns if you're in trouble. Bring God your thanks if things are going well for you. But pray. Pray for the big stuff and the little stuff. And pray for the people in your life. Which in verse 19, James says, My brothers and sisters, if one of you should wander from the truth and someone should bring that person back, remember this. Whoever turns a sinner from the error of their way will save them from death and cover over a multitude of sins. If you know someone that's hurting or has wandered off, and I love that James is saying, like, when we pray for them and when we use the wisdom that God has given us to engage them, we can see heaven break through into our reality when they turn their hearts back to God. But that happens in the context of prayer. This is worth the effort. Prayer and trust. It's, it's worth the effort. And it requires humility and patience. And James has been urging us to have those things and to cultivate those things throughout this entire letter. So whatever it is for you, five minutes, 30 minutes, or three hours, let's pray every day. Because when we pray, God's future arrives on this earth. When we pray, it's like we're standing with one foot in heaven and one foot on earth, even though we can't always perceive that with our own minds. When we pray, it's an image of, of what it can be an image of what Jesus did on the cross. He hung in that place where new life and forgiveness, it came bursting through from God's world into ours. Everything James wrote in these five chapters flows from that fact that what Jesus did on the cross and his resurrection allows God's love and light to burst through in that world, into our world. And when we, when we don't pray, we're missing out on the opportunity to being conduits of heaven to break into our reality. And to learn with James and to study these words like we've been doing is to get to know this royal law of love, to love our neighbors as we love ourselves, And it's to get to know Jesus himself. And as we do that, patience, humility, love, the prayer for wisdom and true speech, all these things James talks about, they become part of our lives. And those are the works that will demonstrate our faith. So it's not the, the weekly prayer meeting, but right now, even though I don't have oil with me and I can't reach through the screen, uh, I wanna remind you that we do have prayer partners available. Uh, live, we have a prayer partner that can 
pop into a private chat chat area with you. If you're watching this on demand, reach out to us and if you don't want to leave a comment below, send us a private message and we would love to pray with you. But right now, as you're watching this, I believe God is present. And when you draw near, God will draw near to you too. So whatever you're going through right now, I want you to just you know, picture it in your head. If it's a person, a problem, a, a bill that you have, whatever trouble you have, I want you to picture it in your hands. And I want you to hold it up and, and surrender it to God and expect that God is working. Maybe it's behind the scenes or underneath the surface, but I want you to expect that God will take care of you. So whatever that is, would you please join me in prayer right now? Dear Heavenly Father, we are patiently waiting, as patiently as we possibly can, waiting for heaven to break through into our reality. And it, with our problems that we have, we surrender them to you right now. And I ask that you would, in your power, in your wisdom, in your might, and in your grace, invade every situation that's represented in this moment. Uh, to everyone in the sound of my voice, they would feel your comfort, that you would give them divine wisdom, place words in their mouth, uh, place uh, strategies in their mind to help your love break through into their, their lives and families and homes, that they would be able to speak the truth in love in, in a way that can only happen when you inspire it. And God, I pray for comfort for everyone who can hear my voice the hurting, the sick, the broken. God, we, we go to you and say, God, would you heal us by your power and help us to tell the stories of what you are doing in our life and may you receive glory from it. In Jesus' mighty and powerful and holy name we pray, amen. Well, we have finished the entire book of James verse by verse. If you missed any of these weeks, they're on YouTube. We also have a podcast. You can find all of that at sgbic.com. And until we get back together this week, I want to say a blessing over you. So may the Lord bless you and keep you and cause his face to shine down upon you. The Lord be gracious to you and give you his peace. In the name of the Father and Son and Holy Spirit. Amen.